0: Hi, everybody. I'm Dr. Carmen Pugliafito, and I'm here today with Dr. Mark Barakat of uh, Arizona, Arizona Retina Consultants. He's director of the Retinal Research Institute that they've created at that uh, practice, and also is a clinical assistant professor at the University of Arizona School of Medicine in Phoenix. Mark, welcome to Retina Synthesis.
1: Well, thank you so much for having me.
0: We were uh, very impressed with your talk on the Kingfisher trial, which is a brolizizumab uh, diabetic macular edema trial. Can you tell us a little bit about uh, the, the study design and why the study was performed?
1: No, yeah, absolutely, good question. So, you know, as you know, we're, we're fortunate to have uh, several trials comparing different agents in, in exudative diseases such as DME. Um, many of these trials however, have different um, treatment algorithms, different intervals between arms, and that limits the conclusions that we can draw from a truly matched and head dead comparison. And many of these trials also involve extension, but by definition, beyond the four-week interval. And so while many of these patients in DME do well with extension, as you know, in our clinics, some, some don't, and they have a high uh, treatment frequency, high burden, and, and so there's definitely a, a knowledge gap, and this trial was designed to, to assess and help with that knowledge gap. So the trial design for Kingfisher was intentionally designed to be relatively straightforward. 570 patients that were randomized in a two-to-one fashion to receive bolacizumab, uh, six milligrams, every four weeks versus a filibroceb, two milligrams every four weeks, head-to-head, one year long. And um, that was essentially it. The, exclusion and the inclusion and exclusion criteria were also a little bit more liberal as well. Uh, also, in an attempt to mimic a little bit more closely the clinical conditions that we see in, in every day. So um, patients with a poor systemic control were allowed with an A1C up to 12, patients with uh, uh, low risk PDR were allowed, patients with blood pressure up to 180, over 100 was allowed. And frankly, also previously treated patients were allowed. So uh, patients that had anti veget treatments in the past were allowed with a three-month washout. So this was really designed to kind of ask those questions of a truly head-to-head comparison.
0: What were the, the uh, central corneal, uh, central uh... Uh, thickness measurements in these uh, eyes and visual acuities.
1: Right. So, uh, they were well balanced. So the, the central subfield thickness, uh, was 511 in the flibroceptor arm, 514 in the, um, up uh, arm, which was thicker than in the Kingfisher and Kestrel trials. Um, and the, um, BCVA was uh, approximately 61 letters in both arms.
0: Mm-hmm. So, uh, what was the study sponsor try, hoping to find out? What was their ideal result from the point of view of the sponsor, do you think?
1: You know, I, I think it, it it meant to address several questions. One, uh, you know, the safety, of course, with especially with app, with with the rates of intraocular inflammation and repetitive usage, especially monthly, you know, in a population that might need it, is it safe? And secondly, you know, how well does it perform in patients that are chronically treated or, you know, the previously treated patient population, might it perform somewhat better than a flibber stuff? We, really, we really don't know if you only have trials that have, you know, naive eyes. So that was, I think, the, the main goal here. Uh, I think perhaps initially the hope was also to help with the label um, but I think uh, since then, other information has come come uh, um, apparent, and I am not sure that they will pursue any changes in label as a result of this trial. So, what were the study results? So, the the main the primary objective was uh, whether or not it was non-inferior in terms of uh, changes of visual acuity at week fifty two, and, and it, it met non-inferiority. So, patients with prolacizumab um at week fifty two gained. Uh, approximately 12 letters, and patients with a flibrocept gain about 11 letters. Um, it almost uh, didn't meet superiority in this. Secondary endpoints were um, anatomic, of course. And so in terms of central uh, subfield thickness, um, at every visit, frankly, the burles arm uh, outperformed uh, the um, flibrocept arm, at least numerically. And at week 52, it was uh, um, it, it met statistical superiority by a delta of about 41 microns. Um, uh, however you want to slice it. If you want to look at maculas that are, um, essentially normalized with a, uh, central thickness of uh, less than 280 microns, if you look at the proportion of patients in each arm in the uh, flivorceptor arm, it was, uh, approximately 41 or 42%. In the brolicism arm, it was about 66%. If you want to look at maculas that just had no intraretinal fluid or subretinal fluid, the proportion was also higher, uh, in favor of the, um, uh, Boralcyzumab arm, 42% over 22%. Uh, And in terms of the the speed to dryness, now we can ask ourselves whether or not this has a huge impact, but um, the median um, was achieved. So 50% of patients achieved the um, IRF and SRF-free macula by week 52 in the Boralcyzumab arm. Didn't really achieve it during the the trial. I mean, the Aflibisept arm, so if you want to compare apples to apples, if you want to look at when 20% of patients achieved in IRF and SRF-free macula. So that happened at roughly week 20 for bolicizumab and week 40 for aflibercept. Um, so it is also somewhat faster in achieving a dry macula. And of course, it looked at DRSS um, improvements, two-step improvements. And these were non-inferior with approximately 40% in each uh, arm achieving a two-step improvement at week 52. So if you were to summarize it, you could say that it is non-inferior in terms of visual acuity changes. And it is uh, superior in uh, the anatomic benefits that you see with drying agents.
0: Of course, we're not treating patients 12 uh, every every month with diabetic macular edema in our current treatment paradigm. What's your treatment paradigm for treating diabetic macular edema?
1: Oh, that's a good question. Um, you know, of course, you start up with an anti and unfortunately, I'm. Um, Forced to admit that a lot of this is guided by insurance reasons. If you mm-hmm. take insurance out of the mix, I think aflibercept uh, is certainly the market leader um, in terms after protocol TE. Um, what they what they have shown to us in terms of the the drying ability and in terms of the vision improvement. Um, I I tend to start out with perhaps monthly. Um, I have a very quick um um willingness to either stretch, treat and extend perhaps, or even go PRN. The the fact of the matter is that with diabetic renomphy, diabetic macadamia, it's such a variable, complex disease process. There's no one box fits all. You know, there's no one approach that fits all. And especially if you can also throw steroids into the mix. So um it's it's good to have as many different options as
0: possible. And the Bro uh, had a had really no serious adverse safety signals in the study, correct?
1: You know, it's great that you mentioned that because, you know, of course, we, with prolacism, we have worried about endocrine inflammation, and they did have endocrine formation. at had 4% in the prolacismab arm, 2.9% uh, in the aflibercept arm. They did have, uh, you know, cases of vasculitis. They had um, three uh, patients with vasculitis, so, so you know, 0.9%, um, and um, versus 0.5% in, in the uh, aflibercept arm. Um, but in terms of visual acuity, as as you know, they did really well, and, and most of these cases were mild to moderate and, and, and resolved without sequela. Uh, in terms of retinal vascular occlusions, one thing that we also worry about, they only had one case in the Brulles Malbarm, and that was not associated with endocrine inflammation. Um, it's a I have to be honest, it's a little bit of a mystery why in the diabetic population you uh, we enjoy such a, a better safety profile than what we've seen in the macular degeneration um, population. But you're right, you know, it does, it does look like it's better and it's worn out in the chitin-kestrel as well.
0: Yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's unfortunate the safety information about retinal vasculitis in the macular degeneration eyes uh, got attention right away. So no, no, I agree, I agree. Do you think the sponsors and, and, is going to extend labeling this to diabetes or diabetic retinopathy or not? The, the sense I get is that they're very hesitant, um, yeah. so. But it does show that, that brolycism is a tremendous drying agent and drying, drying the retina is good in general. No,
1: absolutely. I mean, I, I think uh, most trials across the board, you can see brolycism is a fantastic drying agent. And if you look back in postdoc analysis, in terms of you know variations, variability, in terms of uh, central uh, subfield thickness, in terms of the presence of intravitreal fluid, stability is is you know really key. And in my mind, the best way to achieve stability is to keep the retina dry, right? So, I think a lot of the um, trials that we are that are currently ongoing and that that have yielded results recently, um, our tolerance for some of the fluid has actually uh, increased. So I wonder whether this is us advancing or whether this is us just, uh, you know, looking at a from, from a different lens, right? Um, time will tell.
0: Yeah, it's uh, you formulate that in a very good way. So, Mark, thanks a lot for your time today, talking about Kingfisher and brolizizumab and uh, Aflibercept in the treatment of diabetic macular edema. Um, an interesting clinical trial. We don't know where the how the information is going to be used. We'll see. Thanks for coming on Retina Synthesis. Thanks so much for having me.